Hello. My name is Jane. And today's topic will be when ye are tempted. I will be speaking from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and the 13th verse. It lets us know that, in other words, God is a faithful God, and that He won't let us down. He will not allow us to go through what we are not able to deal with. And you say, well, how can I deal with this temptation that keeps urging me to go and do other things that I know that I shouldn't do? Well, God says, I will give you that way of escape. And that way of escape means he will give you his word. He will give you a word. And then also you have to study to show yourself approved. So the word can get inside of your heart. And you will be transformed by the word. So when things hit you, you have something to draw from. You go straight to the Word. The Word is what's going to save you. The Word is what's going to hold up a standard against that temptation. Because you realize what the word says that will happen if you do such and such a thing. And that's enough right there to slow you down from making the wrong decisions in life that you know is going to cause you doom. In Isaiah... The 43rd chapter, God was speaking to Isaiah, and he's letting Isaiah know that I will be with you. I will be with you. Don't worry, I will be with you. And when we know that God will be with us, We can have that assurance that when things come against us and rise against us, God is for us and he will be with us and we can get through what we thought we wasn't able to get through. God gives us that assurance 
Assurance means no doubt about it. It's true. It's real. You can um, put your faith on that and leave it there. You can rely on that. You can depend on that. That it is coming through. That's the way you will be able to escape these temptations is by having your assurance in God. And that God is my way out. He knows all about it. You know, but we will make him our choice. That's what he that's what will determine where we stand when we make God the choice instead of the world. We need to get out of our trials and the only way we are going to be able to do that is not take the low road. Whatever you do, don't take the low road. Have you ever heard uh, one of the sayings that people would say in the world, they would say, um, this little song, little folk song, I take the high road, you take the low road. Well, let me tell you, don't take the low road because the low road don't lead to nothing that's happy. You don't have no happy endings. So, it's good to stay on the high road because with the high road, you'd be okay because that high road is the narrow way and you're going to be okay. So if we make good decisions, we're going to be okay. But if we make bad decisions, uh, something bad is waiting for us. In other words, hell is waiting for us. Say we are drawn away to lust. Say you, we are drawn away to lust. That is when we are tempted. And then somebody say, "Well, sister, I don't really know what lust means. Is it just some?" intimate thing that man and woman do or or is that only thing about lust what it is? No. Uh, it's not the only thing about what is lust. Lust is an eager. Eager. Have you ever say I am so eager to go to the bathroom. I gotta go. I gotta go. Because you really got to go. And you're longing to get there. You've got to get there no matter what. You're yearning to get to the bathroom. Or you know what the consequence is going to be if you don't make it. Okay? So, lust means eager. It means longing, yearning after something to fulfill and desire. 
though, being tempted only comes when you are drawn away. Oh, or when you want something really, really bad. You know, but God makes a way of escape. Okay, what is escape? It also means to break free. God is making a way for us to break free of that thing that is trying to draw us back into sin or draw us to sin or draw us to get away from God. God wants to break the chain. He wants us to break free from the confinement or control. So that's what he wants to do. He wants us to break free. To break something is to take it and pull it apart with a clapping sound in half. So when we break something, we're pulling it apart with force, with a clashing sound, and it just comes apart once we pull our arms together and pull it down. So that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to break free of this control that is trying to control us. God wants us to be free. We are tempted by what we need. Like, if we need a can of soda or something, just trying to make an example, like a parable. Uh, we need, like, a soda or something, but it's not available. Okay. I want a soda so bad. Man, I want that soda. I love me some Coca-Cola. Oh, I just want that soda. I want that soda. And we know that it's not going to do us no good. The soda's not good for us. But we really want it. When we are in the fleshly mind, we tend to further go to the limits to fulfill that goal in our lives. So we would go walk down maybe two or three blocks down the street if that's what we had to do to get that Coca-Cola because the urge of it, you were urging for it. You wanted it so bad. So you was willing to go two blocks down the street to go get that Coca-Cola because your body wanted it. It was urging for it. It was calling for it. And that's what temptation is. When you have a certain urge or a call to something that you really desire to, to uh, partake of, then you will go out your way to go get it. It says, uh, temptation means a desire to participate and something wrong or unwise. Yes, the devil wants us to participate in something that is wrong and especially is not wise. So, you know, it's not wise 
to be drinking like five or six sodas in one day. Nobody's going to get kidney failure because sodas, sure enough, will, acid will eat at your kidney. Because water makes it clean, but acid will, carbonated water will eat, slowly eat away your kidney. So that's wrong for us to do that to ourselves. And it's not wise. God wants us to escape from the urge. He wants, he desires us to be free from it. But how can we be free if we don't want to? First thing, you got to want to not indulge in that which is tempting you to do the wrong things. You got to show God, Lord, I don't want to indulge in these things. And then you got to go into his word and seek his face so that you will not indulge. And to seek God's face is to come before him, talk to him, tell him what you need, tell him all about it. Ask God to help you. Ask God to save you. That's seeking God and not your flesh. But when we seek our flesh, the things of our flesh, that's when we get in trouble. Here, I want to talk about people in the Bible who were tempted. And they fell because their lusts they had. Uh, we know in the book of Acts, it is talking about um, Ananias and Sephora. They fell in temptation because they wanted the money and they didn't do what the man of God told them to do. They lusted. They lusted. And what happened to them? They fell. Because they followed their own way. They something they urged for and they wanted. They wanted to participate in. And they didn't want to do it. The man of God told them so. What befell them? They died. And because they lied also, they were tempted to lie. The devil Tempted them to lie. Who is the father of lies? The devil. God did not tempt them. God said he does not tempt no man. God did not tempt them. The devil made them lie. And through their lust, they gave in to the temptation. And then and Job was tempted. And Job 1, 6 through 12. And then it said, Jesus, he was also tempted. And Matthew 4, 1 through 11, when he had went into the wilderness, he was tempted of Satan. And Joshua was tempted. And Zechariah 3, 1 through 5. And Paul was tempted. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. Okay, so how was 
Jesus tempted, we want to know. He was tempted with a stone. Satan had told him to turn the stone, hallelujah, into bread. He was trying to get make him break his fast. <laughs> and how many times has the devil come to us when we are a real fast and we just before God and we just having a good time with the Lord. We talking to God and and um we're praying and listening to God and here comes the devil. And he says, uh, you know, you're getting pains in your uh, your belly. <laughs> uh, you know, you you want to break the fast right now, though. No, you know, you know, you ain't going to be able to go another hour and your stomach is cramping like that. And you know, you finna fall out or something and you're going to faint if you don't drink that water and that food right now. You know it. And then you say to yourself, oh boy. Mm. And then the pain hits you again. Boom. And you say, oh Lord. Mm. You're trying to focus and your stomach is making all kind of weird noises. And you're like, oh no, man. What am I going to do? I really want to stay on this fast, but man, I feel so weakish. And that's the devil telling you, oh, let's go in there and get you a little t- tasty morsel. It ain't going to do nothing to you. Just, just go ahead. You know, you're going to be all right. And you say, yeah, that's right. Mm, well, mm, maybe I shouldn't because, man, I, I don't think I can go another hour because he bought the cramps in your stomach. And that made you feel like you cannot go on. And that's what he was trying to do to Jesus, trying to break his fast, get him to come away from God and focus on him instead of focusing on God. But Jesus had told him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou savest not the things that be of God. You don't say the things that tell him to get behind me. And that's the sign you have to tell the devil, get out of my way. I'm going with Jesus. I want to keep doing what I know that is good before God's eyes. I'm not going to let you tempt me with this temptation so I can stop my fast. Ain't no way. I said I'm going to go this two hours. I'm going to do it. Because if I don't, then I'm, I'm, I'm lying to myself. I'm going to do it. Because I want God to look on me and be pleased. I'm going to do it. You know, and this is going to help me too to be stronger. I'm going to do it. But sometimes you have to tell devil and then put the word on him slap slap that thing with the word slap him with the word and let him know oh no Mm -mm. it's all about Jesus slap him with the word amen yes and also he wanted him to take him to the highest mountain and tell him to tempt him Tell him I give you all this and that if you would just bow down and worship me. He wanted him to do acts of adultery. And Jesus was not about to do that. So Jesus put him in his place again. So we got to put the devil in his place. Let him know. And we have to stand up for what is right. That's the only way that we're going to escape the temptations of the enemy when he brings it upon us. The devil is an illusionist. He always tried to put something before, like he did Jesus. He tried to put that stone and make it look like bread before him. 
make something look like it's something that is really, it's not what it is. It's fake. It appears. It's seductive. It has a false ideal or perception about it, appearance about it. It seems to be real, but it's not. Satan has illusions, fake ideals to try to deceive us like he did even when they were in the garden. He came with a subtle spirit because he wanted Eve to believe that this was the best. And that's what he wants us to believe today. This is the best thing that could ever happen to you. He wants us to believe a lie rather than believe the truth. So he puts something out there to get our attention. It's like a big old candy bar hanging from a string and you love some chocolate. Mm. And it's your favorite, by the way, you, you, you love some chocolate. And anything to get our attention from God, that's what he wants to draw us away that we are drawn away with our lust. So when we lust after what we love or what we adore or what we really want, then he uses that tactic, that device to lure us in. It's like a rat going into a, a cheese and it got a big old clamp on the back of it and it's going to tear his head off. But he looks at the cheese and he is so flabbergasted with it. So he decides that, hmm, I'm going to go over there and yeah, nothing going to happen to me. The cheese is calling. <laughs> the cheese said, come to me, come to me. And he said, no, no. And then you think twice and say, maybe it's a trap. There's just cheese sitting out there looking all juicy like that. Something going on. But his lust drawed him into the trap. And when he went into the trap, what happened? He got trapped. So God is saying, don't be drawn away with your lust or you will get trapped. And when you get trapped, the only way of escape is God. If he don't bring you out, you ain't getting out. So therefore, let us not be deceived by Satan's wicked devices. You know, we are groaning for something but Satan is trying to feed us lies. So we can't be tempted by his devices he uses to take us down, seeing something that is not there. Another way I want to let you know and school you today is that he is trying to get us by assuming. Yes, assuming. And you will ask me, what does that word particularly mean? Well, let me tell you, it means to see something that is not true about a person. Example, I assume that the lady went outside because she didn't want to hang out with other people. Or maybe she just needed air. I assume that that means that I took it upon myself to make a jurisdiction or some kind of a way of thinking that I want to think about what I want to think about. 
But that doesn't necessarily means that it is true. Or it is what it is. You should always ask questions instead of being an assumer because assuming can get you in trouble. And that's how the devil wants us to be about each other assuming. Well, I assume that they were just over there eating pie because they're just greedy people. No, they were probably eating pie because that was almost the last piece left inside the pan. And they wanted to get a piece or something. Or maybe they were hungry. But if you don't ask questions, how will you ever know? So let us not be assumers, but ask questions so that we won't be stuck in pointing fingers or, or trying to be judgmental towards people, which is what the devil wants us to be, those types of folks. So he wants to tempt us to be assumers against our brothers and sisters and say something is wrong with them, but ain't nothing wrong with them. So let's not be that way. Let's ask questions. Oh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, I, I was just wondering, is everything okay? Uh, uh, your face look a little pale. Uh, uh, did you, uh, put, or whatever. Don't ask questions. Not just say, oh, she looked pale because maybe he's weak. That's not why I look pale. Maybe I put powder on my face. Who knows? Okay, so it's good to ask questions. Those questions will solve a lot of problems that we don't have to uh, be involved with or get involved with. And another way uh, Satan tempts us is by his illusional slogans. Illusional slogans? Yes. You know, like for instance, like for certain he says, uh, you won't survive this. Uh, you might as well just give up and throw your hands up because you're not going to survive this. So he tries to lure us in, lure, lure, pull you in to some kind of trap by making a suggestion. So I just threw something out there at you. Are you going to try to fix it or rearrange it or change it? That's a temptation. So he lures, tries to lure you in by his seduction. And then he says, if I were you, I would, and fill in the blank. If I were you, I would knock him silly. If I were you, I would go to the bank and steal some money. If I were you, I wouldn't take him talking back to me or take her talking back to me like that. If I were you, I would go in there and eat five scoops of ice cream and put some whipped cream on top of the cherries. Just throwing suggestions out there to tempt you with. And you know, behind it, it's got to be a trick. Because when you give in, then you end up doing it, and then you regret it later. It says, man, that was a trick. I should have never given into that suggestion in my mind. Because you wanted to do it. So you gave in. Well, I really needed the money. Well, I, I really, uh, uh, I really love that stuff. I love it. But you got to put a suggestion out there before your eyes to lure you in. And then he says, Another slogan he may say, suggestion he may say, you know, you can do it better than them. Temptation. Uh, and then you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, then he wants you to be competitive. But he tempts you with competition. And to stir up all these other things to make something happen. But he tempts you to make something else wrong happen in your life. But one temptation leads to another. So uh, number six, your friends say, girl, you know, there's a million dollars if you go next door to that party, they say they was giving away a million dollars and uh, they have a party over there, they jamming music and all that stuff and they have a free giveaways and you can win a million dollars. All you got to do is go to the party and you hear the hip hop bouncing off, you hear the jams that you used to know a long time ago 
And he was like, man, if I just indulge in the party, I can win a million dollars. I can stay there for like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 or an hour. <laughs> when they get ready to draw the drawers, I can get me some. And then next thing you know, another temptation comes. Here it comes. Girl, he's so fine. And they'll tell you, won't you just go over there and say hi? And you're looking like, ooh, he is fine. Ooh, yeah. She is fine. Oh, yeah. Because now your eyes are beginning to, you begin to put illusions before your eyes, making you see things that's not there. You try to make you define fine as being slender, tall, uh, big muscles, uh, nice, long, silky, fresh hair, uh, uh, the biggest smile with the biggest grin and eyes that are blue, you know? So he defines what he wants to define to you. And it's up to you to want to give into it or not. Because uh, he's alluring you. He's luring you in. He's luring you in with the bait. He got a bait in his hand. He said, mm -mm, don't you want some? Don't you want to partake of this? It's like he told Eve and Adam. Oh, here you go. Here you go. It's going to make y'all know stuff. Y'all going to be like, God, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. So, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. It's not. But he'll try to make you think it is by putting some kind of suggestion out there. So, won't you just uh, cross over and see? They have, they, they, um, they doing this over there and, and they just started some kind of new um, thing that just came out and all these suggestions, all these boomerangs he's throwing at you. And if you're not wise, you won't pick up your arm to knock them down, but you'll accept them, accept the propaganda or what he's trying to feed you. But God said, resist him and he shall flee from you. Resist him. And after you resist him, what you got to do? You got to draw close to God. You got to draw nigh to God. But we got to resist the devil and draw nigh to God. That is how we're going to escape from these suggestions that he is throwing in front of us every day. Because the grass is not green on the other side. But it's an illusion to make us think it is. Because it may fit the situation that we're going through at the moment and we feel like this is the only way out. But it's not. Yes, and the Bible says that Satan comes as an angel. Wow. Say, how in the world he gonna come like an angel of light? I can't believe that. Well, he does. Because he wants us to believe that he is light. He wants us to believe that his adjusted ways are better. And that we are, can get by by believing in what he believes. But it's not true. That's why he comes seductively. A woman that looked like she got the Coca-Cola curves, 36, 26, 36. And you're like, wow. Dream woman. What I've always been thinking about. I'm marrying her. I want that to be in my bed. Oh, yes. But you don't know what's under the skin of that woman. You don't know the device, the tricks that's hiding. It could be a crazy woman. And you only get that 36, 26, 36. Or you get that buff dude that looks so cute. But you in for a treat, all right. And it ain't going to be a treat. It's going to be a trick. So, yeah. Going on further, as we say. So, he comes to deceive you. And that's from 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. And, you know, even in the church, he is trying to paint a picture of some type of suggestion of illusions among the saints. He is trying to allure them or get them away from God, loving God. But they, well, they want to escape these things. You know, when we are transformed by the word of God, it changes our minds because we know how we are no longer ignorant of Satan's devices, his tricks. Yes, his deceptiveness, his method. And method means a way of doing something. A trick means to fool you or to coax you into doing something that you don't want to do. And he's focused on taking us down or out of here. But don't let 
Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't let them do it. Satan is trying to convince that everything is better on the other side. You know, that's the way he wants us to think. But it's not. You say, yeah, I feel so good when I have my wine and my cigarettes. Yeah. You know what he says? Don't it make you want some more? Suggestion. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He said, um, I ate food all day long. I've just been eating it, eating and eating and eating all day. Every minute, look like. And I ain't content. I don't feel content. He is trying to make us come to an agreement with our temptation. You know, so he can take us down. He says, remember when? Remember when you used to, uh, you know, go out in the night and be on the street. It was loud talking and going on and hanging out with your friend at the corner. Remember that? Y'all having fun together. Y'all was laughing and talking. Remember? Suggestion. And that's what he wants. He wants us to remember. It was one of his favorite questions. Our suggestions, our questions. He says, I'm going to take you back to the past. He said, remember when you were in love? He's trying to get us off track with God. So that's why he keeps trying to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat what God has brought you out of. You know, he's constantly saying, remember. When God is saying, remember. But he's like a copycat. He wants you to remember what you used to do, not what you're doing now. That's what he does. He wants you to repeat, repeat what God has brought you out of. He said, remember those TV shows with all kind of blasting and things? You know, it was all against God, but he wants you to remember it so you can lose concentration. He said, but we got to be like Jesus. You know, you got to say, no, get the head Satan, for it is written. Now, save is not the things that be of God, but of men. That means that we are saying, I don't accept it. I will not accept them. I would not accept them. The Bible says flee. It's telling us to flee. It says flee fornication. He's trying to tempt us. But God is saying, get away from it. Flee means to leave it alone. Go away. Get out of here. Run fast as you can. He says, you know, it tastes already. You know what it tastes like. You have indulged. The devil's telling you, have fun. Satisfy yourself. You don't have to. Uh, you know, long you don't have long on this earth. Satisfy yourself. Indulge in this temptation. Satan has come to make people believe that unrighteousness is okay because he gives temporary relief, not long-lasting relief, satisfaction, but destruction. God, that these people will not enter the kingdom of God. God says about these people. He says these type of people is not going to heaven. People who fornicate means sleeping with other people when they're not married. Idolaters. People letting an idol besides God they adore. Example, false gods, people, devices, money, etc. These things are things that God does not like and he is not going to allow to be with him in heaven. People are, that are violers. That means someone who says abusive things. Lord have mercy, that tongue. That tongue, my Lord, is like a sharp razor. It says abusive things to one another or another person. God saying he ain't going there neither. And he says, extortioners are who are violent. They intimidate to get what they want from family or friends. This is what an extortioner is. And God said he ain't going there neither. And in Psalms 20, 52, in Psalms 52, it talks about the tongue. It says the tongue, it thinks about words as a device. It's like a device. The tongue is like a sharp razor, like a razor that's used to cut. You know what a razor does? It cuts. When something cuts, it slices it. Have you ever sliced an apple and the apple falls apart on each side? 
you can't take the apple and put it back together. Once it is cut, you have to do some major messing up stuff. So yeah, when it's cut, it's damaged. And God's saying the tongue devises ways to damage. It thinks about evil things, devilish things. It, it, it um, speaks of lies more than righteousness. And you know, people like this, they say, oh, I just told a little lie to get out of the situation. But God said it is better to suffer for what is good than to suffer for what is wrong. God don't want us to suffer for wrongdoing. He said if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. The tongue of the evil shall be destroyed. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. The people that speak these lies and evil, they're, they're going to be destroyed. They're going out of here. And then these people, they're going down the wrong path when they say things that destroy and not build up. That's what Satan wants us to do. So he tries to tempt us to indulge in the wrong things.